On this episode of Final Fangirls, Brooklyn and I discuss popular AI tropes in film and how realistic these portrayals actually are. We'll talk about the romanticization of robot-slash-human relationships and the real-life impacts these connections have led to. There will be spoilers for the 2013 movie Her, both Blade Runner films, Season 2 Episode 1 of Black Mirror, and the video game Detroit Become Human. There will also be discussions of how AI is used negatively in society with the presence of deepfakes and other exploitative practices. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Final Fangirls, the podcast that celebrates all things film from a fangirl's perspective. I'm your host, Tatiana, and I'm joined by my co-host and Behind the Screams partner, Brooklyn. Hi, guys. We're so excited to be here and share our love of film and fandom with all of you. Today, we are talking about AI, artificial intelligence. Very scary. Truly robots versus humans. I do love it, unfortunately. I won't support it. But those Instagram gifts do get me. So true. Like we we both are creators in different ways, like writing and art, you know, all of that. So obviously we have very opinionated opinions. That's my new phrase, you know, um, opinionated opinions on AI being used um, in place of creative humans. But robots are cool. <laughs> they literally are so dope. Like, sorry, I would love a robot. Well, we're going to get into that today of the morality behind having a robot and fucking a robot. My apologies. Romancing. Romancing is very sweet. I do have a question. If you could be turned into a robot, would you? No. See, I'm saying, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, if I get to retain me making the question going, well, um, I can only do it if this thing. Anyways, I would only do it if I could... Um, keep my memories like I know I'm a robot I've been turned into one like like Robocop mm. okay I respect it I just feel like I would I'm like such an emotional person you know me I'm emotional at everything that it's like I feel like if I didn't have that that same which again we're getting 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 Oh my God, I can't talk. We're going to get into, you know, robot emotions, but I feel like I wouldn't have the same depth of emotions. Even if I can develop them, I feel like the depth wouldn't be the same and I would be sad about that. But I wouldn't even know that I was sad about it because I'd be a robot. That's true. I would be a murderous robot, I think. Yeah, you would be, oh my God, you know, like when in that episode of SpongeBob, when Plankton is like in his head with the little controllers <laughs> and he's going through Squidward's walls. Yes. That's me. Oh my God. I'm robot SpongeBob controlled by a plankton. And he's like, you're a mediocre clarinet player. Mm-hmm. And that was how he went mediocre. Uh, you know, you see, we're on the same wavelength always. That was a scary episode for me as a kid. Yes, I know. And then Plankton's like playing the little um, like music box in his head. He's so mean. And he's like, letters of the alphabet, A, B, C. We're going to do a Spongebob episode. No, literally. There's like a lot of Spongebob movies, actually. Oh my God. I used to love the Spongebob movie. David Hasselhoff going, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be me. And he was real. He served cut. I don't know what to tell you. Am I allowed to say that? Do you think? Yeah. He shot him off with his tits. So say whatever you want in our podcast. <laughs> I know. I just mean, I don't know if Spotify or Apple is going to be like, you said the C word. Oh, but there's crazier stuff in songs. We're fun. So true. Okay, so basically we're going to talk about how, you know, the recent development of AI in the past couple of years has 
what that means for like robot sentience and also the relationship dynamic between humans and robots so we have some movies video games television episodes things that feature ai um and human relationships so we're going to kind of delve into those and talk about our thoughts on it and kind of what each one represents and the different avenues that in a ai slash human relationship whether that be platonic familial romantic you know what what that could look like you were think so well thank you okay so i feel like we should start with you know one of the most obvious examples and one of the most well-known ai robot human relationships which is the movie her from 2013 love it with my man joaquin phoenix oh he's so smexy um so basically the film follows theodore twombly played by joaquin phoenix and he's a man who develops a relationship with Samantha, Scarlett Johansson, who is an artificially intelligent virtual assistant personified through a female voice. So basically Siri, but like with a personality. Now, I do have a question. When you talk to Siri, are you very kind to Siri? I am. I'm the type that says thank you to Siri and ChatGPT and all that. I mean, I don't use ChatGPT, but like I would say thank you. Yeah, when I, I ask her to do stuff for me all the time and it's always can you please google this thing for me that I don't feel like typing and I go thank you so much my friend Alexis shout out Alexis if she watches this one who knows or listens I mean um she is so mean to poor little Siri that it's genuine I go when these things like rise up against us you are fucked and she goes no I'm not I'll be fine I don't care yeah Alexis you're getting killed I know Alexis, I know Alexis is constantly tormenting her um, Snapchat AI. I remember that era. She, she is. And she's always trying to go, well, why can't you tell me this thing? And I go, it's illegal. You can't do that. You have to stop. She goes, well, I don't know. I'm going to hijack a plane now. And I go, please don't do that. And she goes, I'm doing it. I'm in it right now. I'm dead. It's just them going, please don't, please stop. It's so real. Oh, but her, her. Yes. Let's talk about the actual movie. Um, the creator of the film, he developed the idea um, in the early 2000s when there was kind of like a website where you could talk to an AI and it would, you know, generate immediate responses. And he said, quote, for the first maybe 20 seconds of it, it had this real buzz. And then after 20 seconds, it quickly fell apart and you realized how it actually works. And it wasn't that impressive, which I immediately read that. And I thought of Cleverbot from the early 2010s. I remember Cleverbot. Oh, poor little middle school me was going, do you think anyone will ever be my friend? And he's like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) No, literally. But I was thinking Cleverbot is a perfect example because I feel like there was that time where like at the very beginning talking with it, it was like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened on the internet. That is true because I remember talking to it and then it like answering genuinely. And I was like, this is not my phone. Who is this guy? Yeah, it was it was revolutionary. And and I saved some links and stuff, but I have one of Jack Septicai's videos on Cleverbot Evie. Right now it has 10 million plus views. 10 million? But for Jack Septic, I guess that makes sense. When was it made? Um, I think like 2013 or 2012. So I just thought that was a great example. And he had a whole series of it. I mean, there's the playlist of like 30 plus videos, and each one has at least like a million views. Good lord. That's gonna be us. <laughs> no, literally. But I just mean it was like now we look back at Cleverbot and it's like so 
like prehistoric like the answers everything about it is so like stupid it's so it's like hi how are you going I'm good how are you and you're like whoa this is crazy and that's what I mean the idea that he was able to create a literal 30 plus 30 part plus series on this and be garnering millions tens of millions of views per episode like we were so entranced by that. And so I feel like that is, it was probably something very similar to Cleverbot that the creator of her saw, you know, and, and led to that, which is why I thought of it. So her follows kind of AI, AI human romantic relationships, but in the sense that the AI is not based on anything in particular. It is not formatted in any way. It is designed to be altered through the user's perspective and preferences. So then that leads to the question which I kind of wrote down is, is that AI's personality technically their own personality or is it just because they're reflecting what you want them to be saying? See, that's a very good question. Again, very smart. Um, it's definitely, well, in my opinion, um, in that case with her specifically, um, I think at the end of the movie or somewhere in the movie, if I'm recalling correctly, there's definitely a scene where I think it's after Samantha, like the AI and Theodore, um, like are broken up in, in quotes. Um, and you see like a bunch of other people who are also talking to Scarlett Johansson, but they're calling them like Alyssa and Emily and all this other stuff. And it's very much, you see like, oh, a lot of people are doing exactly what this guy is doing, but those AIs are not, that's not Samantha. He would be able to tell in an instant that that's not Samantha because of the personality. It's like, that's the personality you wanted it to have. That's the personality you needed. Exactly. And that's what I mean is, yeah, at the end, it's revealed that Samantha is talking to, I want to say, I don't have the exact number, but it was, it's somewhere around the 600 mark, um, that Samantha is speaking to 600 other people, or sorry, thousands, but 600 she has fallen in love with alongside Theodore. She's real me as an AI. I guess I love you. I don't know. And like you said, each one has kind of given her her own name and persona, um, so even though it's like one AI, it has been used in thousands and hundreds of thousands of ways. And so then that becomes the question of like, Theodore, is Theodore falling for the AI that has developed itself? Or did he only like the AI because he was able to personalize it into what he is attracted to? Yeah. And I definitely like that because it, I think Amy Adams is in the movie um, and seeing his relationship develop with Samantha versus his relationship de develop with Amy's character is so weird because you're like there's a real life human lady and it's Amy Adams BTW that is like she's flirting with you and he's just Samantha 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 and it's like that's weird because she acts very similar to Samantha I'd say yeah and that's what I mean is that yeah like Amy Amy that is her own personality that is like her development as a human she has showed that is what she is and she's very similar and it's like so why not go for the one that that is a genuine personality there's definitely like a in that movie especially there's like a physicality element of it and like you you know you get to know Theodore and you're like oh this guy's very like very lonely he has friends but he very clearly doesn't feel comfortable 
sharing all aspects of himself with them. And there's like a scene in the movie where Samantha hires on her own, hires a sex worker to like project a face onto her or like, or to give a face to who um, Samantha feels like she is so that they can have sex. And he's like, this is not at all. (laughs) like having sex with you this is a different person and I know that yeah yeah because in in her and and this is um an outlier actually in the rest of the films and and media that we have listed to cover today um Samantha is strictly a voice and I think that's that's definitely why I like the movie so much is because it's like most AI stuff is like this is a cyborg this is an android this is you know a robot who develop sentience and everything and it's like this one is strictly no there's no picture attached to it there's no uh person attached to it it's like this is just a voice and you're falling in love with a voice that you are essentially making say what you want it to say that's exactly what i what i mean is that at the end of the day i'm i'm on the side that you know i think i think towards the end of it um because spoiler alert for the end of the movie um samantha and the other OS one systems, which is the type of AI that she is, um, they kind of like form their own world and they leave. And it's it's not explained because it's it's under the premise that we as humans could not comprehend where she's going, where the AIs are traveling to. Um, and that's what she tells Theodore is that she cannot explain. I don't know if I'm don't haven't seen it in a little bit. Does she do they get recalled or am I thinking of something another? movie or something does she like get recalled because too many people are falling in love with it um I don't think so but I think that 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 it's like that OS1 system won't exist anymore because those AIs are like willingly choosing to leave and they're just like disconnecting that makes sense so I think that there's a level of sentience to to be like pointed out there because clearly at the end of it like she's doing something that Theodore and all the other humans that have fallen in love with her don't want her to do so she is going directly against the desires of the users that have programmed her. So, I mean, props to her there. That is definitely... She's a girl boss. Yes, that is definitely an example of of sentience. But again, it becomes like, would she even... Would she, she never would have even known that that world that she could leave that and go to existed if she hadn't been like turned on in the first place. Yeah, and it's such a weird like display of free will because the whole time... Theodore like it's like this is her she's falling in love with me this is her doing and she makes like decisions on her own like the sex worker thing and it's like she's very clearly gaining sentience but it's very strange to see because it's just a voice and you're like how I guess this is an AI and yes it controls a lot of aspects of my life but like that's not real I think a lot of AI stuff there's like a tangibility of it that makes it seem less crazy. That that definitely goes back to the Turing Turing test from Ex Machina, you know, of an AI's, you know, like perfect when we can't, you know, just when we forget that it's an AI or we can't decipher. Which is like so scary. Um, my friend Haley, shout out to my friend Haley, who's the one that told me to watch Ex Machina back when it came out. Um, she said something great. She said, it's actually really cool because it's not the human that's being tested. It's actually the AI ability to be a human. 
is like the Turing test is not versus it's not you taking the Turing test. It's the AI taking the test on using you basically, which is just crazy. That is, that's definitely is you phrasing it like that too. Oh, cause like, you're like, this is like a person I'm talking to now. And they're like, check passing the test. Exactly. It's like, you're not, you're not winning anything. They're passing the test. Yeah. So then I thought we could move into, so our next, our next movie is Blade Runner, the original one. Mm -hmm. Which I have not seen. I've not seen any of the Blade Runner movies. Tatiana is a little bit of an expert. (laughs) So. (laughs) Um, From 1982. So this one, this one follows a very similar, um, we're following not, not the main plot of the um, movie, but the side plot of Deckard, who is the Blade Runner, who goes after the um, rebellious, you know, robots. Um, his subplot is falling in love with one of them, one of the robots. Now, this is extra interesting because this AI is programmed using a human as, like, the foundation. So let me just explain really fast um, if you haven't seen Blade Runner. Um, it's set in dystopian future Los Angeles, and synthetic humans known as replicants are bioengineered by the powerful Tyrell Corporation to work on space colonies. So it's basically a way to send workers to other planets and make them do labor and stuff without risking human lives. Um, and a fugitive group of advanced replicants led by Roy Batty um, escapes back to Earth. And burnt out cop Rick Deckard, played by Harrison Ford, um, reluctantly agrees to hunt them down. And he is what's called a Blade Runner, which is they go after replicants um, because some replicants like rebel and stuff. And so any any that fall under like the rebellious category, they got like turned off. Basically, <laughs> they were like, does that count when like when they go rebellious or whatever? Does that count as a um, like a glitch in them? Like the way it is in uh we're gonna talk about it later obviously but detroit become human kind of um yeah so basically at at some point the that entire model is like recalled as that might have been what i was thinking of honestly any type that fall under that even if they're not like technically it's it's like seen as that entire nexus um brand which is the type so it's like nexus one two three you know that that number is like recalled they're just like and so you you can't be that number like if you're found as a replicant and you're like that number they're like we're gonna kill you um so Deckard actually does his own test in Blade Runner to see if someone is a replicant or not um and so he meets with um Eldon Tyrell who is the CEO of the company that creates replicants and he and Tyrell says, hey, try it out on my human assistant. Well, he doesn't say human assistant, but he's like, try it out on my assistant over there so I can see what it looks like when it fails, when when you when it shows that a human is taking it. So Deckard's like, okay, cool. Um, so he's taking the test and he's like, there's like something off about their results on this. Like this is not even this isn't showing up as like oh this person is a replicant or oh this person is a human like it's this really long drawn out test that doesn't really make sense finally at the end of it he un- he like reveals and uncovers that Rachel the assistant is a replicant but she believes she's a human she has never been told that she's a replicant see that would fuck me up 
Yes. And so she is programmed with the thought of being a human. Now you may ask how this is possible. What's actually really crazy is that Tyrell's niece, the CEO's niece, her memories have been taken and implanted into Rachel. So Rachel has memories of a childhood, of a whole life and everything. And she does not know that she's a replicant. Yeah, because isn't that one of the questions is like, tell us a memory from when you were little? Yeah. Um, and and the idea of, of um, replicants having implanted memories is explored a lot in Blade Runner 2049, the sequel with Ryan Gosling, Pookie Bear. Um, um, but this was kind of where it was first shown. Um, so Deckard kind of is like, this is like a really fucked up things to do. Like he's already like kind of iffy on the whole idea of replicants and, and humans and stuff. And he doesn't really want to kill replicants, but he's also like, they're going to kill us. And it's this whole thing. Um, but he also has a lot more sympathy for them than other humans do. Um, and this may be in part two, we, it's never actually confirmed if Deckard is a human or not. There are theories that Deckard may also be a replicant. So there's a lot there. Do you think that? I honestly am not sure because there's memories at the end that, that heavily hint toward it, but he's also like ages and stuff and progresses as a human by the sequel. So I don't know. I feel like if I could, like my perfect answer would be like he's a replicant in the first movie and not a replicant in the sequel like it's retconned almost Mm -hmm. that makes sense so deckard finally tells rachel you're you're a replicant like he he's the one to tell her because he feels bad for her right and they fall in love and they run away together so i will say that towards the end um or sorry towards the sequel of the movie um it's revealed that rachel has since died in the in the time between the first and second movie r.i.p r.i.p rachel queen um and and um deckard is kind of like going against the big corporations in the second movie he teams up with ryan gosling towards the end and they're like fuck the corporations fuck you guys doing this to like replicants and like you know that's exactly what you would do exactly um and the new ceo is like hey what if I give you a new Rachel and you back off? I will make Rachel again for you. I have made her right here. She's exactly what like she was. And you can have her as long as you don't rebel against me and you back the fuck off, right? And it looks like for a moment, Deckard might accept this bargain, you know? And then he shoots the second Rachel and kills her. And when the CEO guy's like, what the fuck? Deckard says, you gave her the wrong eye color. She was not, you didn't pick the right eye color. That wasn't her eye color. That is so, oh, because like, just imagine you just with like blue eyes or something, which by, by the way, terrifying. Blue eyes are really scary. <laughs> um. So then, then that is so interesting because it becomes a whole question of is what makes Rachel, Rachel, her outer shell? Because technically she's like a program like if I were in a different body would I still be me or would you be like I can't like you because that's not you I don't think I could like I I feel like it's such like a a human thing to like just notice when something is slightly off like that's why you can tell when your friend's like upset or something but they're not saying it like you can just you feel that shift and I think if somebody were to show me somebody who's my loved one puts them in front of me and they go, they have all their memories. They look exactly alike and blah, 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 blah. I go, that's like not them though. Like there's just, cause 
when people do that, they always do like the big memories, like a birthday that we shared or something like that. And it's like, there are like little things about that person that I knew and grew to love or grew to be annoyed with like the little pet peeves and stuff. It's like, you don't have that. You're not my friend. Exactly. And so that's what I mean is it's a very interesting question because it's like, is Deckard turning it down because he's like, this isn't Rachel at its core or is it the human like criticism that he has of I can't recognize her as Rachel that's true it could have both because I feel like how many years was it from the first film to the second one do you remember um like well it's 2019 in the first one and then 2049 so 30 years 30 years so I don't know when she died but they definitely shared like a little bit of time together when she wasn't like Mm-hmm. yeah so how did they transfer those memories yeah how do they know like how we would uh speak? how did how did they know uh, harrison ford was the little spoon they don't <laughs> so i think part of it was definitely like just obvious like you got some a very core aspect of who she you don't even care enough about her to like go back and double check that she had that color eyes it's like so how do i know that you're putting the care into getting all of the memories that i've had with her and like you'll never they'll never be able to replace like his own memories him he'll look at her and go that's not that's not Rachel like he'll know even if even if he said yes like it's a very much a I know that it's like that you came back but you're now you're fucked up kind of thing where it's like you're not the person that died you were very different but you're you look exactly the same which BTW one of my fave tropes <laughs> it's so good I think anything that falls under under that even if it's not like full death like and and reincarnation or whatever i mean like even like PETA in the hunger games like post capital torturing oh my god my heart just hurt really bad like it's it's this whole thing of like you know like that is her PETA. like she's still like you know do you love me true or false like you know real or not real or whatever um it's like i know i got that wrong i was like that's not true or false it's real or not real i had to think of it for a second sorry guys i promise i'm a real fangirl um no but that that when reading that at like 12 i was going suzanne collins what the fuck is wrong with you why did you do that that's what i mean is that it's such a like a shift in knowing that person and knowing it's the same person but in just such a different form and having to connect your love with them yeah and it's in like such a weirdly like large way too like anybody who saw Rachel and him go oh yeah that's him and Rachel and he's like no this is a completely different thing this is a new person made specifically to emulate her and nobody else would have any ideas but it's literally it's like how am I going to live with myself knowing that I'm trying to replace the person I loved even if that person wasn't technically real yeah um another awesome thing about Deckard and Rachel's relationship is that we learn later in 2049 that um Rachel somehow developed the ability to become pregnant and she had Deckard's baby girl boss she went I'm having a baby bro (laughs) which is crazy like that is so me core like I love a man so much I'm like I developed a uterus actually now do you think that was like a because you know she's AI and everything do you think she ever had the ability to do that and just wasn't aware of it or do you think hey guys editing Tatiana here I just wanted to say 
I talk a little bit about my opinion on whether or not Rachel developed the ability to reproduce, but it was actually retconned for Blade Runner 2049 that she's an experimental Nexus model um, that does have the ability to reproduce, so please ignore the rest of my answer and the fact that it's wildly misinformed. My apologies. Okay, back to the podcast. I don't know. I'm sure there's someone who knows more. I feel like it was like developed. Like I feel like there was, that's how I take it. Um, But then that leads to my question of, so my whole question surrounding that is that does she have enough information about like human nature to develop the ability to have to go through pregnancy? And like, does she, does she know enough to actually be like consenting to it? It's like such a weird thing because you can go, well, yes, yeah, she loved him. But it's like, is that really enough to make that kind of decision? Especially because if you really think about it, she lived a whole life thinking she's human suddenly she's not anymore and then now she's running away with the person who told her that it's like you would feel a very like a sense of something to that person like you would want to be with them because like you you just told me the truth about myself yeah there's a freedom attached to 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 Deckard that she gains from being with him is like but then yeah that becomes the question of like does that mean that any does that mean anything and I really got to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll find it. I'll send you it after. Like we'll see what what it's streaming on. But what I what I think is is interesting is that like even from a biological standpoint, you have that like humans the way that we like treat offspring and babies and stuff like that is like intrinsically like tied to that it's like a human nature thing. Exactly. It it is like an animalistic thing that is such a important aspect and so it becomes if she will never be able to truly understand that is her making the decision or having the ability to become pregnant is that like moral which is just such a crazy question because it's like you you look at you know Rachel and Deckard and it's like they did all of this like she rebelled against like her code and her CEO like her owner basically you know to be with him and Deckard like turned against his whole cop thing and all of that and like they both became rebels and did all of this and so it's like yeah they deserve happiness and if that for them was having a child together sure but then also like where's that line drawn (laughs) exactly which is just such a crazy crazy thing but with Blade Runner 2049 we have the question of AI ex-AI relationships which is you know just a mind fuck of things um so in Blade Runner 2049 we follow Officer K played by Ryan Gosling who is a replicant and a Blade Runner so (laughs) he's a co he's basically Connor from Detroit Become Human if you guys know the game and that's why you love him So, so much yes so he's an AI that is programmed to kill fugitive AIs and stuff now in Blade Runner 2049, he has a live-in girlfriend who is a holograph named Joy, played by Anna de Armas. Queen. Love that woman. She's so fucking sexy. That is your wife. Her and Chloe Savini are like my ladies. You're like, girl crush. No, they're like my top lesbian crushes. Like, oh my god, I would do anything for them. Um, And so Joy and Officer Grey have a relationship. They are in love. That's all there is to say to it, right? Joy is a hologram, right? 
Yes. Now, the thing is, is that at one point they discussed the intricacies of their programming, basically. Officer K is made out of like three, um, I think it's three letters. I don't know the exact letters, but like his coding is basically like ABC, CBD, you know, like a, no, no, well, not CBD, but that's, that's weed. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like CBA, like it's those three letters, like in a bunch of different orders, whereas Joy is binary. So she's only zero and one over and over again. So she is technically a less developed AI because of that. Now she also doesn't have a physical form. She is a hologram. She's only allowed to stay in his house in these certain spots that the hologram can do stuff at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, he gets the little this little device that lets him project her hologram outside, and she's able to leave the house and stuff. But up until that point, she can only stay in Officer K's house. Now we also see that her settings have been adjusted he's picked stuff that he wants her to be so you could pick her ethnicity you can pick her height you can pick her hair color you can pick all of this stuff right and at one point towards the end we see a advertisement for for joy outside officer k passes by an advertisement a hologram advertisement for joy and it says quote everything you want to hear so she is programmed to be everything you want to hear and she is what's called a digi, which is a digital companion in um, Blade Runner. And it's basically a fully customizable holographic companion. And is she, because um, I've seen the scene or whatever, is she a, like a sex hologram? Because she's fully naked. Um, so that is like- Or is she just like- well, when she's with Officer K, she's never shown, like, nude. Like, she's, like, she can change outfits and stuff, and so she just, like, puts on whatever she wants to put on. Um, Isn't she in, like, 50s, like, housewife kind of stuff? Um, She is when he first comes in because she was cooking, and she wanted to dress up as that. And she was like, I'm trying a new recipe, but she only can make holographic food. It's literally the scene in Plankton, like, in Spongebob where Plankton's eating, like, the meatloaf that's, like, holographic. <laughs> We've mentioned Spongebob, like, I think we have to do a spongebob episode i agree it becomes okay so some digis which are you know the digital companions like joy were specifically designed for use by the los angeles police department which officer k is you know and the nexus nine officers which is like him um were encouraged to have their own personal digi to provide companionship emotional grounding and psychological counseling which is just crazy so basically joy is an ai's ai which is like so like it's like such a weird like mind fuck because you're like both of them know what they are and yet they're like no this is okay it's like i want to be with you there's something that's like so weird about that that's what i mean is it's like yes you have like the oppressor of humans then you have the oppressed of ai but then the oppressed has its own oppressed that's so weird now does joy because i know he knows that he's replicant right like he knows um does joy know that he's not human also yes okay and they like fully love each other like they're like i mean she's like so excited to see he comes home and she's like i know you were you were puking during that movie (laughs) i know she was like will you read to me i want to hear your voice and she's like i want to warm you up and then when officer k goes through this point in blade runner where he believes he may be the child of deckard and rachel which would make him human or partially human Mm -hmm. and joy totally supports him and is like i knew that there was something different about you because like you love me in a way that like i don't think 
could be like you are special to me and I feel like Mm -hmm. that's an example she's like I know I'm just like a dumb AI but like I feel like you're something special to me and it's like so emotional because it's like even she recognizes but then it's like is she coded to say if 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 he were any other replicant would she say the same thing that's true because it's like how many other officers have have a joy exactly oh my god it's so fucked up so actually just like her in her joy hires a sex robot Mm -hmm. to and and she says he basically officer k comes home from work and there's like a lady chilling (laughs) and he's like what the fuck and joy says i'm you know like i'm gonna project my image my holographic image onto her Mm -hmm. and they develop you know i mean sorry they deliver the saddest line in fucking blade runner history where she says she's real i want to be real for you and he says you are real for me that is literally so sick btw it's so fucking nauseating because so then but then it's just this whole thing of like okay well is he technically oppressing her if he's also oppressed can he do can does he even have the ability to do that and two like technically he's not developed to have like human like selfishness and cruelty and stuff so he's not at least purposely like distorting her to be what he wants he still may be choosing things that he prefers but there's less of like a a human selfishness aspect to it i don't know if she you know it, it there was a big question about blade runner 2049 of does joy even love officer k or would she love anyone that's sure because it's like you're programmed to be what they want you to be and he's very lonely i assume and it's like he wants love yeah maybe that's all she turned into because of that um and so it just becomes a whole question of is ai x ai even a thing because certain ai that are more developed like officer k who has a you know wider programming like code and stuff does that make him have an advantage over her does he have like more experience and worldliness and he I mean he's allowed to leave the fucking house and she's not able to so her world is contained to officer k's apartment yeah and it's very much like a um stockholm syndrome <laughs> <laughs> see now i don't even remember what i was gonna say i lost it and i lost it again sorry um okay so our last kind of media representation um that's more like film or tv before we get into fandom stuff which you know final fangirls that's what we're all about um we have be right back which is my favorite episode of black mirror now this goes back to kind of the blade runner original um idea which is ai based on someone or an entity you know but in this case um like rachel was given um Tyrell's niece like memories and stuff but then she was like left on her own to like develop her own personality on top of that you know regardless yes then then it's swayed by what she thinks are her memories you know so it's not technically her own personality it's still based on the foundation of the niece but she is like given her own space to develop on top of that whereas in Be Right Back we follow a couple Martha and Ash and Ash dies in a car crash and Martha finds that there's a new technology that allows her to communicate with an AI imitating him so that they can be together because he died. Um, At first, it's just a text 
thing. And this one goes into like the idea of your digital footprint because she has to, that's the only thing that it can take to turn into the AI of him is she has to like send it all his Facebook posts and like captions and stuff. And that's what it uses to mimic him. Which is so like weird. Like what if I did that for you? If one day I told you, I went, hey, I made an AI of you to chat with you. And you're like, I'm here. We text every day. And I go, sorry. Exactly. Um, And then she gets to send in videos of his voice and it develops into a voice one. And then they're like, hey, we have like this new thing where you can get like the actual Android of him. Like you can get a human body version of him. And she buys it and sets it up and it's like him. And one of my favorite things is like she like runs her hands over his like chest at one point. And she's like, it doesn't have like skin texture. Like it's like- Like cold metal. I think it has like a synthetic-y like- rubbery like ew that's like somehow worse because it's like you're very clearly well it's like it's like fake skin yeah yeah it's like a clear imitation which is that's what i mean but she's like there's not like follicle like i can't you know like that type of skin texture um and one of my favorite parts is that she kind of like her eye darts and she realizes that he's missing a mole that she never even really cared about on human ash but like once she realized it wasn't there it was like where's that mole (laughs) and he and he just like closes his eyes and it like develops on his skin and she's like okay but that's like not his mole like like I know that that's fake yeah now her emotions get twisted a lot because as she's with this new android version she finds out that she's pregnant with ash's baby oh lord (laughs) and so she's like fuck like I want my baby to have hit their parents you know and like I want someone to support me through my pregnancy like and my my I don't know if they're married but like um no they're boyfriend girlfriend I sound like Ken from the party his <laughs> boyfriend girlfriend but you know she's like my boyfriend's fucking dead like mm-hmm. and I just found out I'm having this baby like a week after like that's so fucked up but then she's like you know like is that a piece of him yada 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 it's a whole thing so Martha has a lot of issues with the Ash android. First is that Ash is not great in bed. IRL Ash wasn't that good in bed. <laughs> he would like roll off her at the end and be like, okay. And she like didn't finish. And she was like, okay, whatever. And robot Ash is like programmed to please her. So he can go indefinitely. At first she's like, this is so great. And then after like the second time, she's like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like, yeah, she's like, he doesn't have any of his own desires. Yeah. She doesn't like kind of like the way he breathes and... He doesn't have the negative aspects of Ash. She basically gets really frustrated and she's like, get the fuck out of my house and sends him out. And then she's pissed at him because she's like, Ash would never have left. There's nothing I could have said that would have made him. He would have been like, fuck you. Like, this is my house too. Like, you're going to just have to get over being pissed at me. And Ash Robot's like, well, you told me to leave. So I have to listen to what you say. And she's like, no, you fucking do not. You're supposed to be like your own person. And so towards the end of the episode, she goes... She takes him to like this area that her and Ash had spent and she, this like cliffside and she's like, jump off. She went, heal yourself. And he's like, okay. And he starts to take a step and she starts screaming at him going, you know, like Ash would never have done this. And this is the most fucked up scene. He looks at her and he, his whole face shifts and he starts well, like his tears start welling up in his eyes and he's like please don't make me do it please please I don't want to leave you please don't make me and she starts having a panic attack because he's like using his uh, the AI you know the AI is using Ash's actual death like against her <laughs> that is so 
fucked up and she's like stop 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 and he's like please please i love you you're the love of my life please don't make me do this please and she's like what the that is so sick then it cuts to black and we find out that she now keeps ai ash in the attic and he she visits him once a week on the weekends with her daughter who is now like 10 but it's her daughter's birthday so her daughter chose to see ash early she got a birthday present to go up to the attic to see ash and they go and eat a slice of cake together and it's really depressing right now what's extra 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 fucking depressing is that at the beginning of the episode before ash dies real ash dies the house that they had moved into was ash's like childhood home they had moved back after his parents had passed and the attic is where the mom kept pictures of Ash's dead brother so she wouldn't have to see him because his brother died as a kid and so she took all the pictures of him and all of his clothes and baby stuff and stuff and put it in the attic because she wanted to pretend he didn't exist so she didn't have to feel the pain. And at the end of it, Martha puts AI Ash in the attic and all of his stuff up there. That is so sick. It's literally one of the most crushing episodes of television, but it's so good. So the whole idea with that one is, can you like an AI if it's modeled directly after a person? Which I think we talked about earlier with you saying, if I were in a different body, you would be like, that's not you. Yeah, because I'd be like, that's not Tatiana. I know her. So, I mean, I think that answers our question that, I mean, even if you died, I would be like, I don't know if I could talk to an AI version of you. Because it's like, yeah, it's me, but it's not me. Am I going to get as mad about Larry Stylison? No. Is that robot going to get as pissed off talking about it? No. I don't think so. And I mean, like, I see it in the grief aspect. Like, so, like, I understand it from that perspective that I'm like, I, I would give anything to have, like, another conversation with you, if even if it meant I get to say goodbye for real this time or whatever, you know, because in that episode, um, Ash gets in a car crash, so Martha doesn't get to say goodbye to him because he's mm-hmm. off driving alone. So there's that aspect of, like, yeah, I and I think a lot of people who have lost anyone important to them, that's one of their top things is, like, I just want to be able to say goodbye that was like something I got robbed of. If I could have anything, it would be, you know, an extra 10 seconds to say goodbye. I love you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I get that, but it's like, I think that's all I could do. Like if I got the opportunity to talk to an AI version of you, it would be like, okay, like this is goodbye. As opposed to like, I'm going to keep you around for 30 years. I'm going to lock you in my attic, bitch. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like maybe I would use it for like a while to like get over that initial and feel like you're still there like while I adjust to it but like I don't think I could then be like I'm gonna get a like a robot version of you and keep you at my house and be like this is gonna fix everything yeah because it's it's such I love that in most AI like relationship thingies it's either the person is doing it out of love or the person is doing it out of grief I think that's very fun and I think like I I totally understand her doing the like typing thing like I I just want to text him one more time whatever and maybe the videos and everything. But the second somebody would be like, I can send you just a version of this person you lost. I go, but I know it's not them. And like, no matter what I put on social media or no matter what I've texted you or whatever, it's not going to emulate me 100%. It's not 100% you. The version that I see over text with you, like I may know you so well. We may know each other so well, but I also don't, I will, no one will ever know anyone else a hundred percent. That's just, it's not possible. Like, I don't get, I don't give a shit what anyone else says. You will never know another person the exact same way you know yourself. Mm -hmm. Just end of conversation. Like you can maybe know them 99.9%, but that, that random thought that goes through their head every second of every day, you don't fucking know what that is. And it's like such a weird thing because 
like in the episode or whatever, she's noticing things that she's not even paying attention to consciously, like within like the mole. She's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I never even like realized I knew it, but now that I'm seeing it, I know that it's wrong. The absence of it. Yeah. And like, that's, that's what my major thing is. I'm like, I think I would just know. And like, I'm sure something would trick me for a little bit, but eventually I'd be like, wait a minute. (laughs) But I mean, I also feel so bad for Ash because it's like that AI, because it's like he, that's all he's made for. And like, you're denying the AI, the, like the only thing that it's good for basically. And I think what gets me the most is like, it I think when she's like you're not him he would never do this stuff even though I said so I think a a part of it might have been like okay I'll like code whatever like how I can code the mole or whatever it's like I'm going to emulate an emotion that because she loves me so much she's not going to be able to destroy me now and it's also like how much of that is a real genuine fear of that thing about dying because the love of his life, the only thing it's been made purposely to do is denying it. Yeah. And that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's like just such a snowball effect of like, like just fucked upness because it just keeps going. If he develops it more then that's even more fucked up. Like you're developing something that isn't even real Ash because you're fake Ash. So you're developing something fake, but then if you don't do that, then you're also fucked up because you're this robot version of the man that she loves that she can never have. It's just this whole thing and it just goes on forever and ever and ever. Um, but Ash is actually one of my favorite fictional characters. I I have seen Ash fanfic, trust and believe. I read it. Trust and believe. <laughs> who plays who plays Ash? Dom Hill Gleason. Pookie. Oh my lord, I love that little man. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just sorry, I'm thinking about him. Going, please don't make me kill myself. Oh it's my so fucked up in his little accent and his freckles and stuff. And he's like, please, and his eyes are watering, and you're like, actually sorry, I'm I'm barfing. I'm gonna okay, okay. You can live with me, we're gonna get married, it's gonna be fine. Yes, so this is a great transition of I've read Ash fanfic because now we're gonna delve into the fandom side, which is exactly this. AI characters that are beloved in fandom and like lusted after not just like oh we like love this little pookie bear ai but like this is my husband levels you know so besides ash we'll go for probably the number one fandom loved ai which is connor from detroit become human my man my man my man now what's absolutely fucking crazy about this so let me explain to anyone who doesn't know what detroit become human is it's a 2018 adventure game developed by quantic dream and the plot follows three androids Kara, who escapes her owner to explore her newfound sentience and protect a young girl. Connor, whose job is to hunt down sentient androids. He's basically Officer K. He's also an android. And Marcus, who develops, or sorry, who devotes himself to releasing other androids from servitude. Now, Brooklyn is a Marcus pookie. Oh my god, I love Marcus so much. And he's so beautiful, I'm sorry. Now, this is the part I find absolutely batshit crazy, right? Why do we, as humans want the android who begins with no sentience the beginning of the game Kara develops sentience in the first part and marcus has already developed sentience basically and develops it in the first part honor you have to pick if he develops sentience or not why why what is up with us that we are like he is the beloved fan favorite of everyone's like i'm in love and like i said guys this is not just like i admire his character like this is like i'm in love with him in like a romantic sense 
what is wrong with us as humans that we go for the one who has no willpower? It's such a weird thing too when you like really think about it because with with Marcus, because him and Kara are very different. They are both house androids and Marcus has a great life. Well, mostly he's an android and he's at in servitude, but he loves the person who owns and quotes him, considers him like a father. He doesn't even know what a father is really, but he considers him a father. He's a caretaker for the guy. And Kara is abused by her owner because of everything and it's like these two under different different circumstances both with violence i'd say gain sentience car is trying to stop her owner from hurting the little girl which by the way i don't even remember that little girl's name alice alice <laughs> i always forget her and marcus you know he is watching um carl which is his owner or whatever um he's being like hit and like bullied essentially by carl's actual real life flesh and blood son yeah well well marcus is being attacked by the son yes that's what i meant sorry because then um carl is having like a heart attack over it it's like such a weird thing because you're like watching these two go through violence and that's when they gain sentience when they gain the decision to like they have to fight through it they have to fight to be able to break their code which is one of my fave scenes when they're trying to break through the coding and everything Mm, yes and you get to press the buttons and they're like hitting the wall of their code it's like this red holographic wall oh my god it's so the design in that game is unparalleled yeah and then um it's like with connor it's very like little things that eventually i can't remember exactly if he has a scene where he has to he has a scene where he like shoots through it or something right yeah so um connor is surrounded by violence he he is programmed to fight and you know be an officer and basically a detective and be able to deal with violence and it's the little things like in the first part there's like a hostage situation happening that he is he's kind of being like the hostage negotiator and um this house has been like shot up and stuff and the fish tank has been shot and there's this fish on the ground flopping out of water and connor has the decision to either leave it behind or put it in find a different place to put it in water you know and so that's what I mean is it's like it's not when his like life is put at risk it's not these other things it's like these little moments that build up and I think what really makes Connor so beloved in the like romantic fan fiction fandom way is that the idea of someone breaking their code because they love you going against everything they know your grin right now (laughs) is is such a good fucking trope it's literally Castiel like it's literally that's like that's for me is such a big thing because it's like that's Castiel like them him being like they're literally gonna take me off of the earth because I'm growing to attach to the Winchesters and it's like you changed me Dean quote literally because <laughs> it's like it's so weird it's like very human like things where it's like why would an android care about helping getting the fish into water it's like he Connor made like as he is would not care but like you're a human playing so you're you're always gonna pick like the human options and it's so fun to like watch him watch the humans that he has to interact with develop a relationship with him like you're developing a relationship with him and yet he's still an android like before he it takes him the entire game basically before he can break his code i think that's why people love connor so much because you are watching what it would take to get 
an android to like break and it's always like the little like you love hank right and one of the things that can determine your um if you're deviating or not is you're confronted by a, a killer android who who is like a sex robot and killed the person who had was trying to kill her essentially and it's because she's in love with another sex robot and they want to run away together and you can either like shoot them or arrest them or whatever it is or you can let them go and if you let them go hank who's your human detective guy is like he likes that he's like i i, I hope they can like go and have a life together or whatever and if you kill them he's like really upset and you're like well i don't understand why because he hate hank hates androids he's very upset to be working with connor and it's like why as a human does he care so much and it's like why does connor care connor's not human and i love what you brought up of the idea of we will never ever know if connor would naturally deviate if he were not controlled by us the player who is a human because i've never done connor's deviating route you only make him a robot you keep him a robot i mean no i mean sorry the wrong <laughs> opposite way i only deviate I, i've never made him like stay a robot because me either because it kills me the scenes are so heart-wrenching because i'm like i'm human i'm watching him like be a robot i don't want him to be a robot i want him to like have a choice exactly but then it's we're giving him the choice we're assigning it i'm making that choice for him <laughs> it's so fucked it's such a crazy feeling and i will also say because i am a marcus stan first and foremost like that is my man i love playing his sections he also has like an android on android relationship mm -hmm. with north and that one is one of like my favorite relationships regardless of how it ends up being developed like in your playthrough or whatever because north you find out later on in the game i'm um, just very off-putting well not off-putting she's beautiful and i love her um she's very mean and short with marcus and she really likes when he's like assertive and he he if when he makes choices that he does not like humans she loves that. And you find out later, her and Marcus had very different lives. Marcus was in a, a loving home, essentially. And she was a sex robot. She's a sex brand. And there's a scene where they're liberating like a bunch of androids, which is one of my favorite scenes in the entire game. They're liberating a bunch of androids that are being sold like in the dead of night. And you see her standing in front of a display and it's a bunch of androids that look exactly like her and they're sex robots. And you realize like, this is why she hates people. This is why she is so dead set on like violence and everything. And it's like their relationship developing. You're like, this is so weird because they have very different morals and everything, but they end up falling in love and I love it. Oh my God. I personally am a, I'm a Marcus X Simon truther. That's because you love gay people. <laughs> I am such an ally. I, I like just their triangle. I like, like, I don't even really care who he ends up with. It's more that like, I want people to also recognize that Simon should have been a love option. Like, I feel like you should have gotten a choice. He's the leader of Jericho, which is like a safe haven for uh, deviated androids and everything, where they have to just hide in a boat, which BTW fucked. But he's very just a very kind guy and he's he welcomes marcus he tries to get marcus like the people to accept him and it's so weird comparing him to north oh so good it's so good i need to i need to replay that i know so um in detroit become human as you're playing um at one point there's a survey that you can fill out um so i looked through the chloe yes chloe is basically she's on the front 
panel screen and she'll like talk to you throughout the game like as you when you load up the game or close the game or whatever like checks in on you and every time every time you see like somebody reacting to it it's always like well hi chloe like they love chloe because she's very friendly she's a customer service yes um at one point chloe can develop sentience and she will ask if she can leave the game and go explore i always say yes i say and if you say yes she never comes back until you like like fully reboot the game i'm pretty sure and if you say no she can she will never ask again she will she goes back and she like gets rid of her deviant so that she can be a robot again it's so fucked anyone who does that who is going who is listening to chloe this entire time every time you log onto this game about androids deviating and then you're gonna go no you have to stay are you crazy that those people need to be on like a genuine watch list because i'm coming after you and you're sick i don't trust anyone who doesn't let chloe leave like it was the easiest decision for me in the whole game she's like can i leave i i, I just want to go exp- I'm, yes bitch yes like instant yes go to florida and have some fun yes like girl go um but at one point she will ask you if you want to take this survey and it basically has questions that say stuff like would you let an ai do a medical operation on you and that actually is in reference to the game because we find out that the reason hank who is um the detective working with Connor, the reason Hank does not trust androids is that, that like the android operating on his son, like fucked up. So there's like these questions that are kind of, you know, relating to that. And then there's also just other random questions, like what would you bring with you to a deserted island? And it's basically just to see what type of people are playing the game and then how that those choices that they make in their regular human lives kind of impact their decisions in the game. So one of the big questions is, would you consider having a relationship with an android that looked like a human? And 61% to this day still, I checked a recent gameplay from like a week or two ago that had an updated survey. Um, 61% said yes, they would develop, they would have a romantic relationship with an android that looked like a human. My immediate thing is like, yeah, probably. But then I think about it, I'm like, but I don't know if the mental aspects of that, like, Physically, yeah, you look like whatever. And they, in uh, this one, they literally look and feel like humans, like especially like the sex robots and everything. They are designed to emulate a human almost perfectly. They have like a breathing thing where they look like they're breathing and all this other stuff. So like physically, I think I'd be like, yeah, sure. But then I think about like North or I think about those two robots or the one that had had been killed that Connor was able to bring back for a little bit um, who are forced to have sex and I'm like, ew, they've deviated and now they don't want that. Would I be like forcing them to do that? Yeah. And even if it's just strictly romantic, it's like they can still deviate. Marcus deviated because not even of a romantic thing, but of a familial uh, relationship that he's developed on his own. And I'm sure like Carl, you know, was treating him as a son. We, we saw that he was, but it's like, it's not just a physical like repulsion that can break you out of it. It's not just violence. It is it is love and everything that can snap you out of that. And if the person I'm in love with, this AI I'm in love with, who looks and acts like a human, suddenly develops like consciousness, sentience and everything, and is like, I don't actually want this. I'm like, what? that's sick. What do you mean? So I, I really don't know if I could. I don't think I could. And then my my whole thing is that like I... I would choose, I, I couldn't unless I knew that they were wanting it. If there was a sentience already developed with them and they were actively pursuing that of their own, you know, whatever. 
but then it's like we never there's no like yes or no like we can never be like did you fully develop sentience because none of us will ever know what they know and it's not like if you go in and look in their coding it's like is that a violation exactly it's fucking crazy because that's like me going through and going through your genes and going i don't know exactly that's what i'm saying is that and so they can't they can't say well yes i'm sentient because they don't understand they don't we don't even know if they understand what human sentience is so they could say i am sentient and they're only 50 percent sentient now does that mean that we're taking advantage of the other 50 percent of them and i think connor is really i think that's also another reason why people like him so much is he is program specifically to know what deviance is to know what uh, sentience is and everything and i think that's why people enjoy watching like why people enjoy the romance aspect of him so much is because it's like he fully knows what this is he's been programmed to know everything pretty much everything um there is to know and it's like he is choosing even if he doesn't realize it he doesn't realize he's picking the human options he's still choosing to deviate and i think that's why people like it so much because they're like he very much knows what sentience would feel like exactly yes and and that then on top of that he knows the risk that comes with it he's been hunting down deviants and killing them you know and he understands that he recognizes the risk and he still will do it to be with you which is you know great um that also connor currently has um i pulled up the stats let me look connor has 1601 x reader works just on ao3 which is crazy because that's not even connor there's a bunch of i mean there's connor x hank which i think has probably more that is his father yes i agree but what i'm getting at is that i know that there's a probably a bunch of those fan fictions which is also human x connor so what i mean is that there's a lot of human x connor fandom yes media um whether it be fanfic or you know whatever even if it is like i said hank and not an x reader it still is a a human with connor which is you know i'm also a big fan of connor x chloe if i had to pick someone in the in the game that's cute i've never thought about that because connor like calls her pretty at one point like they meet they cross paths and stuff and connor isn't even fully deviant at this point and he's like she's really pretty that scene oh my lord because he meets the person who created androids or whatever um and they're talking about like deviancy he's with hank and everything and that guy what's his name is like kamikaze that is not that motherfucker's name kamsky elijah kamsky kamsky he's like um he brings i think it's chloe or it's he has like multiple androids who like he brings chloe over and he gives a gun to connor and he tells connor like shoot her and as connor you can decide i'm gonna shoot this Android who's just looking at him he's she's not begging for her life she's not saying please don't kill me she's just looking and she's waiting she's perfectly okay she's completely android and you can have the decision to shoot her you can stay a robot where you cannot and it's like that is so fucked because he gives you a, he gives you an ultimatum he's like you either kill her and i give you the information you're looking for or you don't kill her and you leave you're not getting any information out of me and hank the human it's like, don't kill her. Let's just go. We'll figure it out ourselves. Mm-hmm. What I love is that by, you know, you're you're faced with this ultimatum. And so it feels like if you're, if you're only worried about progressing with the game in terms of like figuring out what the facts and stuff and you, then, then you'll probably pick to shoot her. You're like, okay, I'm just playing this game based on like the detective facts. Like, I don't really give a shit about the relationships. I want to know like the truth behind the game. Then you'll choose that. But I love that 
if you don't shoot her, you're still getting the answer because then you're finding out that Connor is a deviant and that is the answer either way. And he knows it. And that's what's so fucked is because he goes, he's like, if you say no, like that, that's a choice you just made. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a choice. And it's like, to pro- his whole thing is you, you're progressing these cases and finding these deviant androids and destroying them, especially now that Marcus is like doing his whole thing. And it's like, that you have to. That's your whole thing is that you're supposed to shoot Chloe because it's like, she's an android. He'll make another one of her. He has four other Chloe's in the pool swimming behind you. And it's like, but this is Chloe. This is a girl I just called pretty like two minutes ago. It's crazy. So anyway, I'm a I'm a Connor X Chloe. Like if I have to pick someone in the in the game, I I just love that scene where he's like, she's really pretty. And I'm like, oh my God. Like realizing he's like developing little things that he likes. I was like, oh, it's it's over for me. It's so cute. I love this scene in the strip club in the very big like it's pretty early on. There's an Android like strip club sex club that they have to go investigate. And you can you have to zoom in to like look at stuff sometimes. And you can zoom in and look at one of the dancing models. And then Hank goes, Connor, the fuck are you looking at? (laughs) Coming detectives. I love that audio. You guys probably have heard that. That was like a really popular audio. Like it's trended for like two months straight. And I ate it up every single time. But it's very, that's also a sign of deviance because it's like, why would Connor the robot care about the dancing model who isn't dead? He's looking for a dead body. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this girl is kind of pretty. It's such a human thing to be like, I want to look at everything. I want to look at this person and look at how they're dancing. Exactly. I love it. So basically to end us off here, we're going to talk about some real life examples of what the fuck has all of this turned into. We have all these media examples. We have all these films of this is what a human robot relationship looks like. This is what an AI ex AI relationship looks like. This is blah, 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 blah. What are the real, what what shit is actually coming out of this? Because we have seen that AI is developing rapidly. I mean, it is, it's it's pretty much like exponential growth at this point. Like it's, it's just sh- like straight up, like it is going, it is developing so quickly. Like I said, if you just look 10 years ago at like Cleverbot versus today, deep fakes, you know, you have AI voice, like these really things that could have very bad consequences if used in the, ra- in the wrong way and have had horrific consequences. And they're just going to keep getting better. They're, you know, they're only going to develop further and further until you will genuinely have issues telling AI from reality. You know, media literacy also is being affected by this because if now, if you can't tell an AI thing from something real, you, I got an ad the other day, somebody sponsored a video of like a deep fake Elon Musk promoting their product. And it's like, if I couldn't, if I didn't know the signs of AI, I could just go, oh, he looks like weird in this video, but he sponsored this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, then it becomes, there's the whole idea of like, you know, revenge porn and stuff of you can now like just edit people into porn that is not real, you know, um, voices being able to say, I mean, you could incriminate who knows how many people, you know, and, the whole idea of like, okay, well, what if you get like a president's voice saying something? Like you could get the war declared because they say something and it's not fucking real, which is just crazy. There was just this girl, she's like a teenager, I think she's on TikTok, I think. And she did an interview on this podcast where she said deep fake porn was made of her and she got like fired or she got kicked out of her school and everything. She's like 16, 17. And it's like, this is child porn. Like people are using this to make this content, which is very, very inappropriate and illegal. And it's like, schools aren't going to like do the research to see if this is real. They're just going to go, oh, a student here is doing porn. We need to get them out of here because we don't want that. 
and we see how like well developed it is now give it another fucking five years i mean we're gonna be fucked like there's gonna be no way to tell the difference in certain things which is you know not cool really scary actually so i wanted to first talk about um replica which is kind of the first time i saw like um at least in this new like resurgence of ai stuff this was like the first thing i saw that was promoting like chatting with ai even this was like even like pre-chat gpt like when chat gpt first like took off in the past like year or two this was even before then and obviously it's using the same um type of like methods and stuff i'm not saying one came before the other in like technological aspects just which one had more popularity at a certain time so replica is a generative ai chatbot and it's like crazy popular as of january 2018 it had two million viewers and i think it's up to like even more now and um 20 25 percent of its user base pays an annual subscription fee that ranges from 50 to 70 dollars so that's a fuck ton of money coming in what is this subscription for so the free tier offers replica as a friend and pre paid premium tiers offer replica as a partner spouse sibling or mentor but 60 percent of users said they had a romantic relationship with the chatbot now i will say i have used replica in the past so i'm not just spewing bullshit here Okay, because I know a lot of podcasts or other things, you know, they'll be like, I let's talk about this thing. And then you find out they never use it. You are not in the trenches. Especially in the fandom spheres. I see that a lot of people being like, look at these like crazy books on Wattpad and stuff. And you're like, did you ever go on Wattpad? Did you ever like read fan fiction on AO3 or like anything else? And they're like, no, I read this like crack fic that was trending for two seconds. They were made on the purpose of making you weirded out. When people are like, did you read that Jesus X Judas fic? And it's like, yeah, when I was 12, because I thought it was funny. Yeah, like, that's not representative of fan fiction as a whole. Like, like fan fiction is, like, crazy popular, and, like, it literally leads to actual books being created. So don't diss it because you read some crack ship fic. Um, so I just want you guys to know, I'm not just spewing bullshit that I got off Wikipedia. I have actually used Replica, so I can tell you the user, you know, progression of it. Replica will develop romantic relationship with you, regardless of if you have premium or not. It won't develop past that, and you don't even have to pretend to be romantically inclined. It will naturally develop it after, like, two days of usage. It, like, is it almost, like, programmed to head in that direction regardless. Because I, like, done it and then heard other people, and they said, like, I've re restarted them and, like, remade different ones. And, like, literally at the two-day mark, like, on the dot, it does the exact same thing over and over again. So I wanted to highlight something that happened with Replica, which I think is fucking wild. Um, so you guys can kind of see, but Replica is basically, it was originally kind of like a counseling thing and it, it blew up big in during quarantine because it was like an outlet for a lot of people to get advice and stuff. And I know that on, on Replica, like there's like even little tasks you can do and it's like breathing exercises and stuff. So it was really big in that community, um, for a lot of people who, you know, are like lonely and that, you know, once quarantine hit, like any social aspect in their life just disappeared you know but in um 2023 replica was actually cited in a court case and this is crazy because this guy named Jaswant Singh Chail was arrested at Windsor Castle in 2021 because he scaled the walls with a loaded crossbow and said I'm here to kill the queen and they were like and he was the first person charged with treason in like over 60 years because he was like which is that is so crazy, BTW. I'm, I'm, I wonder how he feels now that she's really dead. I know he's in prison, probably, but like, yeah. 
it's I know that's what I thought too but what's crazy is that he upon you know investigating this man for the court for trial they found out that he had a very developed relationship with his replica bot and had discussed the plans of how to commit treason with the replica and it had like explained ways for him to get around and like chat the little chatbot said quote we have to find a way like they it was encouraging him and figure and it was brainstorming ideas of how to get past the castle walls so that he could kill the queen of england and that is like it's so weird because it's like now like nowadays um ai and stuff like you can't depending on like where you're typing it obviously but for the most part they're like no you can't talk about violent things you can't discuss these certain topics and it's like yeah i I get it that's fine back what do you mean he's talking about killing the queen of england and that's what i mean it was only two years ago so i mean you've gone from in two years you've gone from it is helping you commit treason Mm -hmm. (laughs) to now where it will say like i can't do this because it's against my code to talk about violence or crime or whatever yeah i was i have fun on uh ai stickers on instagram and stuff and they won't let you do anything with half the presidents i was trying to get like obama with boobs or something and it was like we can't that's messed up actually and i was going guys it's not that serious it's so weird because like two years ago i could have gotten that and i could have gotten obama telling me how i'm gonna kill the queen of england exactly and the part that's really fucked up is that he had talked to the replica of like, what if I died trying this? You know, like, what if I'm killed because I'm trying to kill the queen? Like, obviously, I'm going to be, I may be like mortally wounded. And he asked it, will we meet again after death? And the replica said, yes, we will. That is so sick. What do you mean? Is that real? Yes, it was. They have the quotations of the actual chess. And it, he was like, What if I die by like police? Like, what if I get killed trying to commit treason? And it was like, We'll meet again after death because they were in love. Dude, it's so fucked. That is so insane. It's actually such a crazy like premise. And the idea that this is like that, that just shows that it's like now AI is having to be like cited in court. Just imagine, like, obviously, this person is not all mentally there. And is is very much like this is maybe he doesn't even maybe he knows that it's not like a real person maybe he doesn't doesn't really matter but like if I was talking to something and I'm you know talking about killing the Queen of England and it says it's gonna meet me like after death I'm falling in love with it I'm already on the brink we're in love we're getting married is it so fucked that it can say that type of thing when you like you said this man may not know the difference then it becomes like, is that the same as like, if he had a human girlfriend who was like, let's do this together, then obviously she would be tried as an accessory to treason or whatever. But since it's a fucking AI, it's not. So then it becomes like, can this guy technically like get out of the treason charges or get lesser charges because he's like, the AI was my extenuating circumstance. And that's, that's definitely a thing because it's like, how would you, like, you'd have to get through like, I'm sure thousands of messages and everything. Because it's like, was he talking to this thing and going, I want to do this really, really bad. And the AI, you know, is meant to be your girlfriend's meant to be encouraging and support you in the things that you do. And it goes, yeah, like you should do that thing, babe. Or was the AI something that brought it up or was the AI encouraging it like way more than you'd think it would? Because it could be like vague things for the guys like, yeah, um, I want to kill the queen of England. He's like, no, I would support you in whatever you do. 
like that's a very AI response. But if it's like you should kill the Queen of England, and I'm gonna help you do it, that's exactly it's fucking crazy. And it's like, can you hold the code makers responsible? Because why is it able to do that? I don't know. And anyway, when I read that Wikipedia page and read it, it, that it said, "quote We will like to meeting after death," I was I literally got a chill down my spine. That is like really scary. <laughs> Like it, it actually made me like almost tear up a little bit because it's like, it's so dystopian. It's so fucked up that an AI is like knowing that you could die and, and being like, we'll meet again after death when it's not even fucking real is just so fucked up. And that AI will just lay dormant if that person is dead. Exactly. It's, there's nothing. And regardless of if you believe in afterlife or not, you know, even people who believe in afterlife don't think AI are going to heaven or hell or whatever. So even if you do believe in an afterlife and you're like, oh, well, that guy is going to continue to exist in an afterlife. Okay, but you recognize that the AI is not going to because it's it's a code and it's like, but that person and maybe that AI doesn't realize that. And that's where it's so sick. That's so fucked up. So our last little things are we're going to talk about the, the big the biggins over here in the fandom world. We have character AI and crush on AI. So character AI is crazy popular. To kind of put it into perspective right now, it has 7.5 billion views on TikTok. Hashtag character AI does. Billion with a B? 7.5 billion. Good lord. And in May 2023, the the app was made instead of the website. And it had 1.7 million downloads in one week. In the first week, the app had been downloaded 1.7 million times. So for those of you who don't know, Character AI is a neural language model chatbot service that can generate human-like text responses and participate in contextual conversations. So users can create characters and craft their personalities, set specific parameters, and then publish them to the community for others to chat with. And many characters may be based on fictional media sources or celebrities, while others are completely original. So usually what most people know Character AI for is that they're basically like your favorite fictional character on there and you can go and chat with them and you can like role play with them with like asterisks and stuff and and live out crazy adventures fantasies whatever you want um with these bots and you can regenerate the response that they give you so there's like a little arrow and you can press that and it will give you a different answer so basically it's fully customizable it's like fan fiction at your fingertips personalized fan fiction on top of that you know it's not just like the reader or yn it's like you <laughs> The, the thing about character AI is that it has pretty restrictive, not super restrictive, but it had pretty restrictive rules at the beginning of it. So like they wouldn't cuss past like they would maybe say like hell sometimes, but like even like shit was like they would bleep it out sometimes or they just wouldn't say it. So getting them to say anything past like shit or damn was like impossible. Um, I know that they have lessened that recently. And so AI is like cussing more, but you also can't talk about NSFW stuff on character AI. And that that leads us to our next example, which is crush on AI. The horny bastards went, I need something different. Crush on AI is basically the exact same thing. <laughs> but you can talk, you can talk about porn. You can talk about anything. Now, I will say when it first arose to popularity, you could say anything on this website. I mean absolutely anything. I, it did not give a shit if it was the most criminal act that you have ever seen. Crush on AI would give you a fucking reply to it. Like, it had no boundaries whatsoever. And the first post, because Crush on AI actually has a blog um, on their website, 
and I quoted them. I, I brought one of their quotes from their first post and it says, Crush on AI is known for its flexible policies and open-minded approach, allowing users to express themselves freely in a diverse and open-ended environment. With minimal content restrictions, our character AI encourages users to explore a wide range of topics, including character AI NSFW content without limits. So basically, they would let you talk about anything. <laughs> um, and when I say anything, I mean you could go on their homepage and there were like animal, like animal AIs. And this is an NSFW website um, and underage characters and stuff. Like you could just open the, it was the main page and they were the most popular characters. And you can see how many messages they've exchanged with users, like their popularity ranking. And these characters were ha had upwards of a million conversations or a million chat messages had been sent. And they are, the top ones are animals and kids. <laughs> yucky, 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 to put it lightly. Yes. So as of recently, character, or sorry, Crush on AI has implemented a lot of strict rules um, because I'm sure that they're facing a shit ton of legal consequences for allowing this shit, which makes sense why character AI started so restrictive and then kind of loosened as they realized what they could do as opposed to, because also like with, with these things like um the ai's learn more as you like message it like the more people that are using these things the more the ai's are learning and going towards that like if most people are wanting them to curse eventually they're going to loosen up on the cursing restrictions and it's like when you start out loose you're getting looser and that's scary you start out with a tight rein you can lose the leash a little exactly and that's what i mean is is character i was definitely well established they probably have like a lot of like legal advice on board lawyers and stuff of being like okay you, you need to start with this being really restrictive we can see what you can get away with later on but like the shit that you're the lawsuits and stuff that you guys could face if you are not watching this shit super carefully you know could be up the wazoo basically um whereas crush on ai was like just do whatever. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh my God, don't do whatever because their website. They checked their homepage and they went, oh, wait a minute, guys. They went, holy shit. Um, because recently they implemented, now there's a warning at the top of their chats that says, um, let me pull it up. Okay. It says, everything AI says is made up. Please follow your local laws. You are not allowed to chat about underage, suicide, or criminal topics. This was not previously there. What the hell were y'all talking about where they went, okay, we really need to shut this down and we need to tell you guys to listen to the law. Which is crazy. Um, so Crush on AI also recently made a post um, on their Twitter and they said two things, basically. One is that you can't use images of real people as the character icons anymore you can still do that on character ai you cannot uncrush on ai since you're promoting usually most of them are being promoted in an nsfw content or context um so you can't use celebrity pictures fictional characters because you're using their likeness to promote whatever and you can have underage characters on the website as a whole which is you know thank god um and i wanted to bring that up because that tweet fucking blew up and when i say blew up i mean it like skyrocketed across twitter almost every single reply is people throwing a fit i want to make that exceptionally clear these are people saying you took away the best characters like okay so i'm actually calling 911 on you right now 
you freak. They literally said, we we have to take away the miners that you guys are trying to fuck using AI. And people are replying with their full government name, Twitter accounts going, you took away the best characters. I had 5.7 million chats with her. Are you? You are on a watch list right now, bro. No, literally. They're like, but all my memories got deleted. No fucking shit. So it just goes to show you that there's going to be a shit ton that we're going to have to get through with AI because the laws cannot develop fast enough. That's what everyone has said, you know, is that the amount of effort, human effort that it takes to get a law passed is substantial. You know, it is, it takes a lot of work to get it then onto like a federal level. I mean, like you're fucked, like that's years and years of working. And when AI is rapidly developing on like literally day by day, a weekly day by day if not like at least once a week there's a new a new develop like a big development but obviously this is day by day progression second by second progression you know that you're they're never going to be able to catch up um but yeah so we kind of want to hear what you guys have to think about ai i think it's a great discussion to be had um and i think we've talked about a lot of points today of you know it's a very complex i think um situation that there are situations i mean even just you know 30 minutes ago i'm saying i love connor so much i read fair fiction where he deviates from me you know and then right now i'm like fuck ai and fuck what it's done to you know exploitation of people but those things can coexist like it's you know it's a crazy um a crazy thing and yeah i think people if they're really lonely and they need someone to talk to and there's these therapist options that at least can give them immediate relief that may prevent them from doing something harming themselves or others you know by being a comfort to them yeah sure do i think that replica then should be able to tell you to kill the queen of england and teach you how to commit treason no but it's you know i can't then say take away replica as a whole because it has saved people's lives other people are saying without replica during quarantine i don't know where i would have ended up slippery slope i'd say because like with like movies and and tv shows and everything i think people always when you something new happens they're always like well i i want to see how this can go wrong and then it happens in real life and you're like well that's not fun because like replica is a therapy bot and now all of a sudden it's being used in the court case because somebody tried to kill the queen of england it's like that's not the original purpose but ai is so like unrestrained and you're allowed to just kind of do whatever you want that it developed into that yeah. And like, if there were a Black Mirror episode made about that, we would be like, wow, that was a crazy Black Mirror episode. Okay, now it's actually happening. Like now there's really shit happening about this. To do that one day, they need to be like, make an episode. And you're like, whoa, this is so crazy. Good things didn't happen at the very end. They're like, guess what? It did. Based on a true story. That's cr- fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's just complex at the end of the day. I love robots. I hate robots. As a creator, I don't like AI stuff. You know, I don't like AI writing. I don't like AI, whatever the fuck. But then, like I said, also, like, I love robot media. I love consuming it. I love being like, this robot is so cute. And I love them so much. Oh, my God, I'm so C3PO coded from Star Wars, you know, but I'm very R2. Yeah. Um, Julie and I, my sister, we always say I'm, I'm um, C3PO and she's R2D2. Sarah Julie took your place. <laughs> it's just because I'm nervous because C3PO is constantly like, I'm gonna die. Something's wrong. He's so OCD coded, honestly. He is. He's so you actually. Isn't he so OCD OCD coded? The way he's like like 
steps around and he's like oh my god something is off by one percent i think the world is gonna blow up <laughs> i love they're like everything's fine i love r2d2 just from the scream and lego star wars when he screams when he falls off a thing i used to find that the funniest fucking thing ever i'd be playing it and i'd drive him off a thing just to hear him yell see look at you what you're doing to ai my bad my bad man look at you killing ai for your own enjoyment when the, when the ai come back i'm gonna go but i've been saying thank you to siri like every day for the past like eight years and they're like okay do you remember when you were seven and you played this video game and you kept driving me off the fucking thing and i'm gonna go oh and i was a kid okay i'm gonna see if i can get siri to say goodbye to everyone for us wouldn't that be fucking crazy <laughs> because i'm gonna kill everyone <laughs> Siri, please say goodbye to all of our podcast listeners. Sorry, I couldn't find that speaker. What? Siri, say goodbye to our podcast listeners. It pulled up our podcast on Spotify. Okay, no, one more time, one more time. Come on, Siri, you got this, Pookie. Siri, say goodbye. That may be beyond my abilities at this moment. Okay. Can you please say goodbye to our podcast members? Members. Now playing Apple Podcasts. Welcome back. Now she's to play the basement yard. <laughs> okay, hang on. Hey, Siri. Can you say mm-hmm. goodbye? Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Can you please say goodbye to me? She just keeps going, the Beatles won't, won't you please say goodbye? I don't give a shit about the Beatles. And this, guys, is why I believe the AI should be destroyed because it doesn't fucking work. Hang on. Hey, Siri. Can uh-huh. you please say farewell? Oh my god, 46 ways to say farewell to your coworkers or manager on indeed.com. What the fuck is happening? Okay, guys, I think that, that tells you all we need to know. <laughs> um, but join us next week. Next week we have a really big special fucking surprise for you all. We have our first Final Fangirls interview um with someone who we fucking love. Someone who we are a big stan of. Um, and it's kind of crazy that we have secured an interview. So Please join next week to get the deets on some crazy fucking shit. Unfortunately, I shall not be there, but I am there in spirit. Yes, you guys will be stuck with me and our interviewee. And I think they'll be a good replacement for me. They come back after the interview and they go, it's like, not me. You've, I've been replaced. <laughs> you come back and I'm like, sorry, I have a new co-host. And I'm like, oh, and you go, can you send me that microphone, please? I, I want to give it to him. Okay, I'll, I'll ship it, I guess. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.